Welcome to the SBP Podcast, the voice of mobile film. This is episode 38, and I'm your host, Susie Botello. In this episode, we welcome Senior Marketing Manager of Film Convert, John Parker. Film Convert has been a sponsor of the Mobile Film School and the International Mobile Film Festival for a few years. They are supporting filmmakers like you who use smartphone cameras to shoot their footage. And as their popularity grows in the mobile film industry, we would like to share them with you. In this episode, you will hear John speak about the history of Film Convert and what he does in the company where the creators of Film Convert come from, including their parent company, and quite a bit about mastering your films using post-production techniques in software such as Film Convert. Now, before we get to our guest, I want to thank the filmmakers who have submitted films to the International Mobile Film Festival here in San Diego for the 2019 edition, in which is happening on April 27th and 28th next year. So mark your calendars and be a part of it. Now, listen, the deadline to submit short films, one to five minutes, is November 19th this year. But we also have our competition for feature-length films between 40 and 90 minutes. And you don't want to miss the deadline, which is uh, basically, let's see, hmm, oh, wow, it's actually coming up. It's coming up next month on October 19th. So seriously, don't miss it, all right? This year, we're making an exception with all the film submissions, that's shorts and feature films, by allowing more, not more, actually, than 10% of your total film to include aerial drum footage. That's actually a first for us. So go to our website to get the scoop, www.internationalmobilefilmfestival.com. And now let me mention one last thing. The hashtag Mobilize Stories, the community, which that is, spent the summer networking, sharing, and inspiring people of all ages, including professional filmmakers in San Diego. But we also went, I actually went, to San Diego Comic Con to share the community. And followed by that, I went to Indianapolis, where I presented a mobile filmmaking workshop at Heartland Films' first indie shorts international film festival. Okay, but wait, there's actually a little more than that. Um, I had the honor of teaching middle and high school students at Carlsbad High School's Film Academy summer camp, where the students spent about a week learning how to come up with story ideas write screenplays, shoot their films using iPhones, and editing them using iMovie. I just want to take a minute to thank the organizers, Ronnie Sue Player and Jeff Brandmeier, and of course, the volunteers and every single student who inspired me in that class. So, thank you. Now, if you would like to be a part of the hashtag Mobilize Stories community, then you can go to the website, www.mobilizedstories.com, or you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Mobilize Stories. That's all one word, Mobilize Stories. Use the hashtag to share your mobile film experiences, your videos, and basically 
Everything Mobile Film. We'll do our best to share them, to support you, whatever we need to do to keep you involved, engaged, and inspired. Uh, in, in San Diego, something is coming. It's very soon. Are you ready? <laughs> I can't tell you yet, but stay tuned to the Mobilize Stories social media platforms and follow the hashtag. Wow, I totally almost forgot to tell you. Uh, we have monthly contests at the Mobilize Stories uh, community. These contests are ready right now. As a matter of fact, this month in September, we just launched the vlogs competition. So it's a challenge. It's a video contest. Uh, just go to the website or uh, uh, we're also on Film Freeway. So obviously you go to filmfreeway.com slash mobilize stories and we're right there and we'll explain all the rules and uh, what you get if you win and things like that. So make sure that you take part in that competition um, and be a part of that community. And don't forget to share uh, whatever you do regarding mobile film with the hashtag Mobilize Stories. We want to see you online. All right, so now, are you ready to be a part of our conversation with John Parker of Film Convert? Let's go to Wellington, New Zealand, where John is now. Welcome, everybody, to the SBP podcast, The Voice of Mobile Foam. I've got a really awesome guest here today. Um, his name is John Parker, and he is from one of our sponsors, Film Convert. Say hi, John. Hi, nice to meet you all. <laughs> uh, John, uh, before um, we get into Film Convert, why don't you share with everyone who John is and how he even came to Film Convert, and then, if you don't mind, telling them a little bit about the background of Film Convert as well. Sure, yeah. Um, so I'm actually uh, talking to you from uh, Wellington, New Zealand, uh, down here at the bottom of the Southern Hemisphere. Um, so it's just going to springtime here, which is really lovely. Um, you guys hopefully had a nice uh, summer up there. Yeah, it's and, 95 uh, right now here, 95 degrees. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot cooler than that but, uh, here yeah. um, at the moment. But um, yeah, it's still pretty lovely. Uh, most uh, Many of you will know that uh, New Zealand is, um, has its own kind of long filmmaking tradition. Um, and of course, so the Lord of the Rings movies were shot here. Um, and the Avatar movies are going on at the moment. So Wellington is a big kind of hub of um, film activity in New Zealand. So there's always kind of a lot of projects going on. And where a workshop is based here. So, yeah, it's a really great place to be a filmmaker and to be in a film adjacent kind of business as well. So my background is I actually I started out as uh, making um, movies in high school. Like, and I grabbed a I had a Digi Eight camera and I could ma I made and edited my own films and I did that um, as my kind of first job out of um, high school. I worked for a little local TV company, uh, regional television company, making commercials and editing documentaries. And so I kind of stuck through that um, through university um, and I graduated in 2002 uh, here in New Zealand. And I went over to New York City to um, work in film production and did that for about nine months and decided that I really hated working in film production. <laughs> 
And so what I really wanted to do was to, um, I liked the beginning of project. I liked the writing and the kind of um, the story kind of building. And, um, and I really liked the editing and the post-production, but actually being on film sets is really, really boring. Um, and, or it's very boring 90% of the time and very stressful. The other 10% of the time, if you've ever, ever been on a film set, um, you'll know what I mean. So, yeah, so I kind of um, decided to do my master's in screenwriting and um, then and I was working in the kind of the marketing field, which um, is its own kind of type of storytelling. And um, and it's an interesting kind of um, niche kind of skill to have. And, yeah, eventually I found my way to Film Convert, which is a software company which makes tools for filmmakers. And um, I'm the marketing manager here. And, yeah, it's kind of a nice marriage of my film the kind of background my storytelling interests and uh marketing um uh, which is kind of what my day job is so yeah it's worked out really nicely wow you've got quite a background now listen i've been on film sets and i've been in video production and i don't get bored with it i i actually <laughs> um you, my problem was uh remember the executive producer would would come to me and say so so susie what part of this do you want to do you want to be the writer you want to be you want to do sound you want to do the video editing what do you want to do and I said you know I really I've I've had I've dipped my feet in all of it and I love all of it so this is mm-hmm. really hard for me to choose just one part of it definitely the producing part is not fun <laughs> <laughs> that's funny I actually enjoyed the producing part so I'm like kind of put the putting the kit together the kind of um the package of um and like finding like-minded talent like you know, creative people who you know are going to work well together like I really enjoy that kind of part of um the pro- project as well and um, managing all those details so yeah that's I was a production coordinator for a film in Big Bear, and I swear all I did, it seemed like, was, uh, well, you know, the there's a lot of details to it, but yeah, yeah. I remember a lot of it, which maybe I'm crazy because I'm a little bit adventurous and I, I strive under stress, but I put out a lot of fires. <laughs> seemed yeah. like I was just running around putting fires, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's you know. People don't realize how much of filmmaking is actually just emails and spreadsheets. Yeah, yeah. That was to me. That was like the boring part. But when they were they yeah. they were calling me and saying, um, "So we need uh, they're going to close the uh, the film commission is closing here, or the I'm sorry, the chamber of commerce is closing, and we just found out we need a new license location license for this other part and uh, blah." Blah blah, and yeah. okay, I'll be right there. Yeah. <laughs> They're closing in the five minutes. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that, um, especially when I came out of film school, and this is 2001, um, when I went to work on film sets in New York, is that everything was very hierarchical and broken down by department. So mm-hmm. I was working in the grip and electrical kind of department, which meant you just did one, you were there to do one thing and one thing only, and didn't kind of cross over. There was no kind of way of learning, like stepping outside your box to kind of do more because the way films uh, are produced is very kind of linear and very kind of box like every little department has its own kind of role to play, which is how big movies can kind of get made. Union. But what's happened, I think, in the past 10, 15 years and especially mobile has been a real huge driver of this is that one person can now do everything they can actually they can be a one-person film crew and do camera do sound do the editing do the color grading do the production all in one they can have all the skills because the technology has got so good that a one person can actually master all those departments themselves and become their effectively their own production house 
You're you're exactly right, and and I do agree with you. When you're working in in that kind of an environment where the unions with the union rules basically, which is very mm. limiting, like that, that is boring. Uh, that's something I never thrive to do is to go to the Hollywood part. Independent filmmaker is is a different beast. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot more scope for freedom, but there's um, that everybody's doing everything because they have no money and they kind of they're forced to. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, and yeah, let's talk a little bit about mobile film. That was a great segue. Thank you. Um, <laughs> let's talk about mobile film and how did film convert? Uh, because film convert is is a color grading software. Um, yeah, and it's specifically film emulation and film grain. Um, so it's not uh, you can use it for color grading, but um, obviously, I mean, there's already great tools out there. DaVinci Resolve and um, a lot of the editor editing programs have already have great color grading tools built into them. What Film Converts does um, really well is basically if, is taking footage that you shot on a digital video camera and making it look like you shot it on a film camera. So it gives your digital video footage has kind of um, historically been, had quite um, color characteristics that just made it look like video that um, tend to have oversaturated colors, a little too much contrast. Um, and people tended to look down on digital video cameras for a long time because it doesn't look as professional, doesn't have the same kind of um, just look that we associate with cinema. Mm -hmm. So what you can do with Film Convert is effectively give your films the look like they like they were shot in the 1970s on 35mm Kodak 5207. It'll just immediately lift all of your production values with a very simple kind of color transform of your um, footage to make it look like film and make it look like it was a million dollars. Wow, a million dollars sounds great. And yeah. what brought it into what it's doing today, which is also including the well, actually, it's been a couple of years now um, that you've been introducing the mobile film. Um, uh, what did they call it? Um, profiles, basically, right? That's right. Well, the film convert started out about um, over five years ago, and originally it only worked with the the original Red One camera that they developed, and that was the first digital video camera that people really actually wanted to use. Um, that it actually got people excited that digital video was a um, uh, was a possibility for um, high end production, and so they developed uh, the software that would do film emulation for the Red One camera. The camp the colors out of the Red Com One camera were not great straight out of the box. They required a lot of massaging, and for people who weren't expert color graders but still wanted to use the um, soft uh, wanted to use the camera, Film Convert was a really great option because they could drop Film Convert on it, and it really kind of brought about the best of the camera. So that they started out with that, but of course there was only about two thousand red one camera users in the world, um, and so they realized they need to start supporting more cameras. Um, and the cameras that people were really starting to get excited about were the DSLRs. It was kind of this, around 2010, 2011 that started the DSLR revolution with the 5D Mark II from Canon, just totally changed the game for independent uh, filmmakers because suddenly you had a camera for $2,000, which you could get shallow depth of field. You could get really um, beautiful optics out of it. You could use good um, cinema glass on it, and but you could still run and gun. You could carry it around really quickly, and um, it just made life so much easier for um, filmmakers. So Film Convert jumped on that and began supporting and began doing custom profiles for each new camera as the manufacturers brought them out. 
And so around, again, um, three, four years ago when mobile filmmaking was really kind of starting to catch on, we were obviously, we want to support um, filmmakers to kind of make the best out of their images. So we said, we've got to start supporting smartphones. This is the kind of platform that a lot more, lots more people are going to be using. And let's um, add add film support for those. We partnered with uh, Filmic Pro, who make the um, camera app, um, because uh, they had specifically had support for shooting in log and flat profiles, which really kind of gets the best out of the sensor. Camera sen- uh, smartphone camera sensors still aren't quite up to the level of professional camera sensors because they have to be so small and because they got they, they kind of have a higher compression on the data rates. But Filmic Pro really kind of allowed it does it gets the best out of um, what the camera can do on the phone, and then Film Convert kind of does the rest to make it look like it was shot on a much higher in camera. Yeah, you know, on uh, one of the things that I I like to tell people a lot about, and our listeners know if they're listening to, um, if they've subscribed and been listening to a lot of our um, episodes. And that is that I really do, you know, I we I like to talk to people about, you know, the details of, you know, production and, and pre-production and post-production, the gear, the software, and all the technicalities of it, um, you know, but I do still emphasize how important it is to have a good story because um, no matter how great of a camera, you know, you could have a red camera, you could, uh, you know, even know how to control all the little details and, mm-hmm. and have gone to school and everything. But if you don't have a good story, um, it's going to look great, but it's, you know, it's, it's just great B-roll basically. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there we learned that all the technique in the world, all the gear in the world is not going to save a bad script. But if you have a wonderful story and you want to take that to the ultimate level, then you start learning all these technical aspects of filmmaking, which mm. is, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's like, I, to give an example, it's like, okay, let's just, maybe I'm, I'm hungry or something, but cake, right? There's cake. <laughs> so you bake a cake, but it's that icing and combine in combination, you know, and, and the, you know, all the toppings on that, that's what really gives you that whole cake experience. Otherwise, it's just the texture of the, mm. you know, the the bread, the sweet bread, which is technically what it is, right? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so this is great having you here because it's one of the things a lot of mobile filmmakers, you know, you have a, a, a huge spectrum of um, of experience, you know. Um, you know, in our film festival, we had you know, kids and we have people in their eighties, you know, and everything Mm. in between. Um, and so you have people and believe it or not, uh, some know more than others when it comes to mobile film. Um, I remember I was, uh, doing a workshop for mobile filmmaking and I was presenting it and some of the people in the audience were retired, uh, filmmakers and they had questions, you know, which were technical. I, I thought I was a little nervous about it. I thought they're going to ask me questions that I'm not going to know <laughs> how to answer. And I'll never forget this this one man. And he says, um, so how do you get the footage from the phone into the computer? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, that's <laughs> that's so easy. That's a- but, you know. Well, that's a big workflow. Um, yeah. kind of, uh, listen, you got to your workflow has to be solid as part of your um, production <laughs> pipeline. 
Yeah, but they're thinking so technical, you know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes that 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 was just it's it was just it was just a really cool question for me. It was like, oh, okay, that's it. Really? <laughs> yeah. But uh but yeah, so it's really cool having someone like you here because you know, I do want you to uh talk a little bit about how important it is to use software like this and to work on post production per se. I mean, post-production, it's a critical part of filmmaking. Like the the film is, films are built in the end, as, they, um, as the editors will say. And so, obviously, you, um, you can have a great script. You can go out and shoot it really well and get great locations. But the post-production is where you're going to find out whether you have a movie or not. Um, and it's funny because color grading for so long, and it came from from the birth of film, from the um, when uh, film was was originally black and white and right. then the, but even at the very earliest years um people were experimenting with tinting individual frames um they were they people knew that color and film was such an emote it could be such an emotive kind of way of communicating and supporting the story that people have always wanted to manipulate it but for um basically that almost the entire um history of film it's been a very technical process it's been very complicated and it's been a very specialized process there's only there's a handful of people who kind of really know the ins and outs of um how the, how the photochemical um process worked and it also um, had a lot of overlap with the stills world as well where you'd go into a dark room and uh, develop your photos but it was a very hidden kind of um process and quite intimidating i think for um being film uh, you think kind of just getting to grips with a camera and learning your way around editing software is complicated. Then suddenly having to learn an entire new world about color science and um, uh, either photochemical kind of lab develop film development or getting into things like LUTs and um, bit rates and codecs and all those kind of things. It is an incredibly kind of intimidating and um, it's just a whole nother realm you have to kind of get, learn about before you can really start producing high quality images. I, I agree so with that word, and I love that you said that word, um, intimidating, mm -hmm. because that's that's actually what has kept people away from from this world for you know even in the most recent years. Yeah, um, it's a it's a big barrier, and it's not and you and unfortunately, it's also something you actually do have to master. You can't half-ass a color grade and get your right. um your. The things are not going to be shown on television because they have to go through various QA processes. Um, Netflix's um, QA process is incredibly rigorous um, for what they all accept. Um, they have very um, high kind of standards. So if you have your first, if you're trying to get something on Netflix, you had better make sure that your post process is going to um, kind of fit through all of their um, hoops um, if you want to get it seen. So. Up and again, up until um, five, ten years ago, this was a very, it was a rarefied world. It was a very specialized world, and one that um, some the the very expensive post houses and um, Burbank um, charge hundreds of dollars an hour for their color graders' um, technical knowledge. Um, what Film Convert can do is basically take care of a lot of that of a lot of that for you. You can drop it. It really is a kind of two or three click process to um, as long as your footage is shot um, well exposed and right balanced. Mm -hmm. Film Convert is really going to elevate it to that next level and really going to give it a that make the most out of the images that you've kind of gone to so hard to kind of capture, but you don't need to be a color scientist. You don't need to be a uh, you don't need to 
learn um, as much about it, or that it basically it lowers the barrier a lot to be able to produce cinema quality looking images. Yeah, when I I want to read what it says on your website. Um, you know, like like it's all yours, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I wrote every word. <laughs> it says uh, film convert enables you to add film color and grain to your video in a few simple clicks. With the range of market-leading cameras profiled, you can achieve precise, industry-leading results even under the tightest deadline. Uh, that few simple clicks part is what you were, you're actually talking about, right? Exactly, yeah. FilmGuard, um, it works as a, as a plug-in in all the major editors. So if you're familiar with Premiere Pro, Final mm -hmm. Cut, uh, DaVinci Resolve, um, Avid, um, it just sits in there in your effects um, library. Mm -hmm. And when you've kind of assembled your rough cut or your timeline or you're ready to begin your color grading, you simply you drag the film convert effect on. You tell it what camera you shot in. So if you shot on the iPhone X with the Filmic Pro log profile, you select that as your source. You tell it what camera stock, uh, film stock you'd like to emulate, whether it's a Kodak, Fujifilm, Polaroid, um, Ilford. We've got a range of film motion stocks and still stocks. You select that, and then you just click apply, and it's um, basically done. So what about uh, let's you know, if you don't mind. So let's say um, one of our listeners right now just shot something with a, an iPhone 6S or a 7 or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And they bring it into, they, they bring, uh, they don't have Final Cut. They don't have any of those. They have iMovie. So then they're going to, they're going to work with their film directly on the software, on the app, right? Yeah, I'm we've got, if you, even if you don't have, if you're not editing in one of those uh, platforms we have the plugin for, we also have a desktop app, which you can, um, it's a standalone, so it runs on both Mac and Windows. You can basically pre-process your fo uh, your footage. It's almost like having a film lab, um, like you, you'd bring in your footage straight out of the camera, apply film convert, render it out, and then you're ready to start editing an iMovie or wherever you like. So what is, what is your advice to a mobile filmmaker who's just going to use iMovie? Uh, with their iPhone footage, once they've, you know, they've selected it from their folder and all that stuff and, and they can mm -hmm. see it on the preview and everything, what, what would you suggest, what would be some suggestions you could tell them to get, you know, at least, uh, let's say they're going for Netflix. Let's just, let's, let's go with mm -hmm. the whole burrito here. <laughs> yeah. So what would be your advice? Well, that's, um, at this stage, you have obviously, first of all, make sure you've shot your footage um, as get the best out of your footage in camera. So make sure that when you're shooting, you're taking out a light meter, um, you're kind of shoot, setting your exposure correctly, you're white balancing at least every setup, if not every shot. So you're, you've got to kind of set yourself up for success in terms of the, the fundamentals of cinematography. Right. But then once you bring your footage into uh, film convert, it's really kind of time you you have it's time to experiment it's time to kind of see where your kind of creative direction leads you and again go back to your script and your story what were the emotions of a of this particular scene that you're grading what how do you want people to feel how do you want color in that shot to reinforce those feelings or do you want to work them to work across purposes um so it's it's time it's you go back to the fundamentals of what is your story trying to communicate what are the themes there how can color emphasize and kind of strengthen um those that 
what you're trying to get across and you can do and it's just the fundamentals of uh, kind of as an you were an artist so you know the fundamentals of art are light and shadow brightness um and darkness very strong color versus very muted color those kind of things all matter and they make a huge amount of subconscious meaning to the um to people watching your film so you get to what film converter does is by give by translating things to the look of film stocks it's an immediate it's an it's an emotional kind of subconscious register when you see film you just you think big movies you think big screen you think of um it's it just looks right in your head because we've watched movies we we've all grown up watching movies so we know what we think a movie looks like and film convert right this is my tagline for it is film convert is what movies look like yeah and that's that's the the other thing about it too is that it's it's in the aesthetics and um yeah and with cinema like provoking emotion like if you're going mm. with the reds right then you're going into you know, uh, fury and rage. Uh, exactly. Or, or you're uh, yeah. in Mars. <laughs> More kind of muted kind of feeling. Yeah. Um, yellow traditionally has a kind of psychologically unsettling color. It makes you feel kind of not quite kind of out of place. Green can be either healthy and vital or sickly, depending on the kind of shade tone of green you're using. So, so what Funkover just gives you a really excellent base to start with because it puts all of your colors into a film language that people understand, that people respond to as film. And then we give you extra you um, tools to, uh, we've got color wheels in there. So if you want to push more blue into the shadows for a night scene or you want to warm up the highlights or kind of adjust skin tones, all those tools are there in the um, plugin that you can just kind of reach for them and um, tweak your image as necessary. What would be some things that they definitely should not do? Because, you know, of course you can play and play and play and experiment and mm. experiment and experiment. But what are some things that, that maybe you've even seen people do that you're going, oh, you're, that, that really just killed it? <laughs> no. uh, it's really, I mean, you've got to, um, a lot of it's just uh, in pre-production and just sitting, making sure you understand what tools you're using, like, um if you're, if you're going for a traditional cinema or if you're making a narrative short film that you want to read as a short film, just make sure your frame rate is correct. For instance, like 24 frames per second is what people associate with filmmaking. So don't you don't edit in a high, maybe you shoot, shoot higher frame rate if you want to slow down footage, but make sure that you're not going, if you have, if the high frame rate is too high, then you'll get, it'll give that fast kind of motion, which um, kind of destroys the illusion that you're looking at a movie. It looks too much like video. So kind of little things like that. You can't go too wrong. I've, I, I, I love really strong looks in cinema. I like kind of um, bold kind of stylized um, kind of choices. So I don't, I think you can um, push your image a long, long way before you have to, uh, before you um, start running into uh, problems. But again, it just comes down to the fundamentals of cinematography. If you light your shot correctly, set your exposure correctly, you're going to end up with a really good base image to grade with, and then you can let your creative side go wild. Yeah, I, I, rem I actually worked on a set once where they were using film, uh, and uh, we were doing, you know, the, the entire – it was inside of a cabin. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had, you know, already – it was – it was day for night uh, shooting. Yep. And I remember saying, you know, you really still need more light, you know, and they were looking 
at the monitor and I was like, well, no, this is fine. And I said, yeah, but you're working with film and it's going to mm. come out darker. And um, I never I never saw that movie again <laughs> after <laughs> it oh, came out. Too, it did. It, it came out too dark. I was told by the producer oh. they, they were reviewing it and they couldn't bring it up. And I, I, I wanted you to really emphasize things like that because that is a problem if, you know, you're talking about light you yeah. know, and exposure and things like that. Well, there, it's it's almost better to overlight something than to, I mean, not super, but if, yeah. you, if you have to go a little lighter, that's better than under, mm. you know, right? Well, it's one of, it's a, a smartphone um, cameras in particular, because the sensors are smaller. They are, they're more sensitive to light levels. You can't get away with totally underlying a city because you just get, you'll get too much digital noise coming out because the sam the camera is kind of desperately trying to compensate for um, making a guess at what it thinks is there. So yeah, obviously um, you've got to be careful not to underlight um, with um, the smaller sensors. Yeah, that goes for DSLRs as well, micro four thirds, um, even um, professional um, level um, digital cameras. And particularly, um, I'm not sure how much uh, you've gone into on previous episodes, but with log shooting modes, which are becoming much more prevalent, um, and they're uh, they're available in Filmer Pro and um, and I think uh, some new smart the LG V30 I think actually has a built-in log shooting mode, um, and it gets it it gets a little technical, but basically, what log shooting is a trade-off if you it allows you to get more dynamic range out of your camera, which is great. You see higher into the um, highlights, deeper into the shadows, but you need to be a lot more precise with setting your exposure and your lighting because if you underexpose it, you're going to get a, you get a lot more noise, and if you overexpose it, you uh, it's hard to monitor on set. So if you overexpose it, you get you run the risk of losing detail in the highlights that you can't actually recover. So it's a basically. Shoot lo shooting log is good, but you have to know what you're doing. Sounds and intimidating. <laughs> it's it's well, it's a it's and it's a new thing. It's um yeah. it's only been it it used to be in the realm of uh, again film um was scanned a cine log with a particular format um to um uh, be to be able to maximize the dynamic range out of the video cameras for a long time didn't have this um so it's only in the past few years that log shooting has really become. And the uh, affordable and um, or it's a, a viable option for cinematographers, and there's a whole learning curve that you have to go around to, to maximize um, to maximize what you can get out of it. But again, Film Convert comes with all the support for the log. So if you've shot log on your camera, we can convert that back to a really nice looking image that you can start. Um, that can be the basis for your grading, and it'll maintain all that dynamic range that you've um, very carefully um, captured. Does uh, Film Convert have a lot of up. I mean, you know the the apps on the phones, right? Uh, for mm -hmm. shooting and and things like that, um, they go through a lot of updates, uh, typically. Yeah, yeah. Film converts. Um, we bring out new camera support. Um, at least right. uh, every um, couple of weeks, we'll bomb where we've got a huge number of cameras in our pipeline. And um, we're hoping to do more smartphones. We've got the Samsung S9 to do. We've got an mm. iPhone X uh, profile coming out soon. Uh, we want to do the LG V30. We want to do the Google Pixel uh, 3, which apparently has an amazing camera. Um, yeah. We're looking forward to seeing that. Um, so, yeah, those uh, camera profiles are coming out um, every month, um, and you, those are free from um, Film Convert. They just um, they're updated to the program, and you can just in increases the range of source cameras you can use. 
But the software itself has been um, more or less the same. People just, they love the film stocks. They, the controls are very simple, very intuitive. So it hasn't actually required a lot of updates to date. We do have a new update actually coming out um, <laughs> between now and the end of the year. Um, it's still kind of under wraps at the moment, but um, as far as the feature set. But what it is going to basically do is give color graders even more power and flexibility to grade their image it's kind of a it's a power user upgrade if you really want to delve into um take if you can spend film color it's great if you need a quick grade and a couple of minutes to for quick turnaround stuff but this is going to be really kind of in-depth tools to really maximize and get the most out of your image if you have the time to spend on it so Oh yeah. Well, yeah, so. everybody, when when you're playing and you're getting creative, um, you, there is no such thing as time. You just get lost in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, you can spend hours and hours kind of um, obsessing over a shot if you want to. Yeah. So, uh, was there something you wanted to bring up? So yeah, the Film Convert short film competition is um, happening in September, and we'd love to get even more smartphone um, entries. Um, we think it's going to be a huge and kind of big and rising category. And the best thing is you don't need to actually own Film Convert in order to enter. You just need to put it on your um, footage and or on a film that you've already completed, and then you can enter that film. There's six categories um, from narrative short film documentary uh travel is our new category this year and that's for um if you people kind of beautiful sites and vistas and things without a kind of narrative but they still want to um make a film out of their experiences yeah uh music video wedding and uh commercial Great. And, oh, they could do a lot with music too. That's very creative. Yeah, yeah, music videos. Um, oh, it's always it's, it's actually my fi- favorite category just because they're so diverse and they're so creative, um, and people can re- and um, experimental. You just, you get, yeah, experimental, and you also get it just introduced to a bunch of great bands that you never heard of before <laughs> from all over the world. That's awesome, and you give them yeah, you give the other uh, you give them an opportunity as well. Exactly. Well, there's a um, the last category is the People's Choice Award, um, which is actually voted for by people coming to the site, watching their films, and then you can vote for your favorite one. So you're um, by submitting your film to the competition, you're going to get it seen by thousands and thousands of people all around the world. So it's a great way of getting kind of exposure and your name out there and getting your film watched by a lot of people. And if you if it really takes off, if you have a lot of family and uh, friends and supporters who can vote for your film, you might win the ultimate prize. So what about the lonely people? <laughs> well if they if they've made a really good film maybe people will fall in love with it and share it themselves go. organically <laughs> yeah i love that um so we'll have to help you promote that on our social media then yeah um, that's great so it's uh yeah it's going to be on just on the film convert website um it'll be launching in a couple of weeks uh kind of um it's september and um yeah we'd love to see um lots of smartphone entries this year it'd be great yeah, and September is only one day away. Less than that, actually. On, on yeah, that's yeah. September here, but I'm ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're in the future. <laughs> um, so, um, so let me see. Uh, tell me a little bit, if you don't mind, just about uh, Rubber. What was the name of the parent company of Film Convert? Ah, uh, Rubber Monkey. <laughs> and who came up with that name? I'm not. They, it's lost the mists of time. Rubber Monkey's been around uh, much longer than Film Converts, and it was the brainchild of um, a guy named Nigel Stanford. Uh, he was also a New Zealander, um, but he and uh, Craig Herring, who's the um, CEO of uh, Film Converts, um, formed Rubber Monkey to 
and they made they made um, software, they made games, they did a whole bunch of stuff together. But um, so yeah, and Rubber Monkey is now it's, it's actually a film uh, rental business. Um, they've got uh, their uh, hire business here in Wellington, and Film Convert was kind of this one of the spin-off software um, arms that um, kind of came became a real success and it's taken off and now it's as its own kind of standalone business. Well, that's awesome. And do they also play with uh, equipment for uh, film, mobile filmmakers and, and things like that or? Yeah. 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 They've got a whole range of um, stuff there. Nigel, actually, he makes some music video. He's a musician as well. He makes his own music videos. And if you um, have a look at Google Nigel Stanford on uh, YouTube, you'll find some has just amazing music videos. He only makes one every two or three years because they take so long. The pre-production process is so involved because um, his last one had robots, um, they're like special industrial robots that they had to program and um, choreograph it for the music video. Wow, that sounds that sounds pretty cool. And you and you said you made documentaries and things like that, right? Yeah, when I first moved to New York, I um, ended up working with a filmmaker named Angelo Giulielmo, uh, and we worked on a documentary that um, he shot, uh, which is about the civilian volunteers who helped out after 9/11 in New York City, um, and that was called Heart of Steel. And that ended up uh, that got screened to the White House and um, ended up on. I think, you, I think you can find it on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's on there at the moment. But mm. um, yeah, so I ended up. I, uh, that took us nine months uh, of me going over to his apartment every night after work and um, editing, finding the story in that, and editing together the rough cut. And um, yeah, it was a great experience. I it screened at the Tripickle Film Festival in 2006. Wow, and I love documentaries. It's one of my favorite. I. I actually think it's my favorite outside of something like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about that. I love, I love Lord of the Rings. Um, but um, outside of that, I would say documentaries are mm. my favorite. They also, you can never really, I mean, of course you, you, you write the, the script for it and everything like that, but you can't control it. Um, and it can no, documentary is really the editor's kind of love because it's, um, you're, you find the story in pose you, as the footage kind of speaks to you and you, you tease out, kind of you find the emotional details and it's all very um, improvised, but you, you'll find a story as you go and it kind of evolves over time. And so, yeah, if you're um, an editor, and I think for my editor and writer side, they're going to really enjoy that um, aspect of it. Yeah, it, I used to say... Uh, uh, a docu when you're working on a documentary, the uh, script is never finalized. No, you can find that there's certain details, certain lines will jump out at you, and you'll realize the film kind of will take a direction, or that you weren't even anticipating as you're making or shooting it. But then suddenly something will become um, very apparent to you by um, just sitting down and watching um, hours and hours of footage over and over again. Yeah, and it's really when you're behind the camera too, you can become so detached because people wonder, how can you film that? It happened with me, one of the films that I worked on, which I never completed. I feel bad to this day about it. <laughs> um, it was about um, uh, the dangers of and the effects of drunk driving, basically, mm -hmm. um, and through the eyes of children. And so it took me a long time to even find children uh, whose parents and, and they themselves were willing to not be obscured, obscured, I mm. should say, and in front of the camera. I thought it was really important that you see their eyes and their emotions, you know, uh, when they're describing their situation. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and um, one of the things that I realized from that is that here they are, they are breaking down in front of you, but because you're behind the camera, somehow you're able to not let it get to you that much, you know, as hard as it looks. And people who are watching it are thinking that maybe the the person behind the camera, they're doing either one or two things. They're either bawling and you can't see them, right? Mm-hmm. Or they're completely just heartless, right? Impassive, yeah. Yeah, and it's not. It's it's neither one of those things, really. It's it's. I mean, yes, you do cry a little bit um, sometimes, you know, and you do feel it, but it's just so. It's such a weird thing, isn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah. I guess you kind of basically just have to feel like you're in there in service of a story, and in order to communicate something to um, people, and you hope that. By being you're you're serving as witness. Um, yeah. Well, so what do you think? Um, what do you think about documentary filmmaking with phones? I think it's it's again it's a revolution um, because um, phones are so small they're so inconspicuous. Um, uh, have you seen the film The Square? Um, the it was uh, one the. Uh, Best foreign language Oscar, I want to say. Um, it was about the uh, revolution in Iran, uh, um, in um, Egypt, sorry, uh, Tahrir uh, Square. And a lot of that footage was um, shot on cell phones because um, the police were arresting anybody with big, bulky film equipment, but the phones could kind of be pulled out quickly, got some shots, and then shoved back in your pocket. And it's uh, the footage is so immediate and um you do you feel like you're there because uh, the um, the focal distance and they're they're using and the how kind of close and immediate it is um, with the phone photography. Um, it's just it's an amazing documentary experience. It really is, and I I really think that it's one of the most powerful things you could do is just shoot docu. Except for of course, if you're shooting a documentary like you know with huge landscapes and things like that where depth of field is really important and everything you want to show the beauty of that but i think Mm. for everything else it's it's ideal to use a phone especially if you're traveling too you know with the yeah exactly and especially in countries where they might kind of frown upon um or they don't they'll the journalists are often in danger in uh, many parts of the world but if you can pass yourself off as a tourist with just a kind of consumer smartphone but then you can actually use that to tell stories and capture footage of places that you'd never have access to as a kind of a bigger um, team or a, a more high profile um, filmmaker, then yeah, it's a real, it's, it's only a plus to the ability of people to kind of tell stories that need to be heard. Yeah. It's the ultimate guerrilla filmmaking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The other thing about smartphone filmmaking is that it's not obviously the tools themselves are becoming more and more capable every year, but they can be mixed and matched as well because the sensors are getting so much better. Um, and it's a new project that we're actually working on. We'll have this out next year, a product called CineMatch, which is going to um, – it's similar to Film Convert, um, and but what it does is aids in camera matching. So you know, um, obviously, different cameras from all the different manufacturers do have variations in their color reproduction. Canons are known for they have quite warm, um, kind of more ready kind of skin tones, whereas Sony's tend to more towards the green. And so, if you've shot a product, a uh, project, um, especially a documentary, but any kind of 
um, event or project where you have footage from multiple cameras, just matching those in post as your very first step is actually quite difficult and quite technical. So what Cinematch is going to do is make that a lot easier. Again, you'll be able to drop it on your footage, tell it, I shot it on this camera, I want it to look like this camera, press go, and it'll convert that footage um, to the look of that camera in basically a couple of clicks. What this will allow you to do if you're editing a documentary and you had some high-end um, B-roll that you shot on an expensive camera or you shot your interviews on a really nice A-cam, but they have some smartphone footage that you want to make look like the rest of your film. Cinematch is going to be perfect for that. It's going to make your iPhone footage look like it blends a lot better in with the rest of your story. Yeah, and, and the reason for that, uh, for our listeners to know, well, why would you want to do that? Because you don't really want to break the, you know, the when when your audience is engaged and captivated by a, mm -hmm. a moment that could involve different shots with different cameras. So you don't want to break that fluidity of that moment. Yeah, exactly. It's about getting kind of consistent look um, uh, or a, ba a consistent baseline look across your um, film. If you want, then you can then build on that with your grading to kind of add in the emotional component. But until your cameras are matched, you're not going to be able to get to be able to do that creative stuff because the look is going to be so different. Yeah, it'll almost look like jump cuts or something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and you're right, and it, it it'll throw you out if you um you find that um you can even see if you see um, news um, things occasionally which are shot where on two different angles if they're shot on two different cameras you can, you'll just notice a difference in the lighting and difference in the um and again it's um quite it's noticeable once you start looking for it so Cinematch is going to be a really great solution for that. Yeah. Well, hey, I want to play a game with you. Sure. <laughs> um, this is, uh, we call it our shout out game. Um, and what it is, is you uh, have 20 seconds uh, to recite basically a list that I'm putting you on the spot to do. Um, mm. And what I was thinking, uh, because of your experience and your knowledge with post-production, that maybe you can shout out within 20 seconds, I know it goes by very fast, um, mm -hmm. maybe some of the most important things to uh to consider uh in post-production like you know we're talking about your your software and color grading but there's also things with you know audio and you know just a few things like that i don't want to sure. give you too many ideas because then i might yeah. as well just play the game right uh so so you want just just like keywords or kind of um concepts or? yeah Concepts um, as okay. as fast as you can. Not that I expect you to just you know, <laughs> but um, but I'm gonna. I've got a timer here, and an alarm will go off when when um, you know it stops. So, are you ready? So about post production. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Sorry about the pain of this, <laughs> but it is kind of fun. Um, sure. And ready, set, go. Story. Story is the most important thing. Um, when you've done lots of work on your story um, and on your film, but post-production is where your story comes together. So go back to the roots and the thing that inspired you most when you first started out in your film. Go back to that and make that your focus in your post-production. <laughs> you know I'm not what? Even sure if I played that right. Sorry. <laughs> no, you know what? That was actually that was. Awesome, though, John, because that's the I whole... I think it's, it's important because post-production is so fraught with technical things yeah. and workflow things and choosing what tool, and it can get, again, it's overwhelming and intimid intimidating, but if you're a filmmaker, then just go at, and especially after 
you've pre-produced a film, you've kind of done all your locations, you've done the absolute gruel if you had a nine-day shoot or a 12-week shoot or you've been working on a film for months. When you finally get into the post-product, the editing kind of process, you're going to be exhausted. You're almost exhausted. Like it's, it's horrible. To, it's a thing that you now, another whole process that you have to go through. So just, and I, th- I feel like a lot of films probably either get, they get edited too fast because people want to rush through them or they want to, or they may get, probably might get abandoned in post because it just feels so overwhelming. So just go back and reflect on the things that inspired you to make this film in the first place. Think about the story, the emotional things you want to connect uh, with your audience and you always come back to that as your. It doesn't matter about, in the end, how the color looks, how the sound sounds. If the your the emotional heart of your story is in the right place, that's what's going to move your audience, and that's why you went into filmmaking in the first place. That's a that's a that's awesome. Yeah, don't get lost in the jungle of technicalities. You know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love or know it. that emotion and story will win out over all those things. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things I. You know, I was thinking about what we were talking about documentaries, how forgiving people are when it comes to the aesthetics of, of a documentary, um, because, you know, it's 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 a documentary. It's people mm. realize you, you you can't just say cut. Let's do that again. Can you please do her hair? Can you please, you know, in the backdrop, can you like that better or anything like mm-hmm. that? It's really hard to do that because it's happening in the moment. It's the real thing. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I think also another advantage for smartphone filmmakers, which is becoming more, is that smartphones are now a big part of the way we actually per- perceive and watch the world. We're actually we're seeing a lot of things through these screens in our hands. So we're the aesthetic of that is actually becoming much more normalized. Um, it used to it, seeing if you tried to pitch Nike or Adidas that you're going to shoot their next commercial on a smartphone ten years ago, you would have been laughed out of their head office. I used to now, say that we, actually. <laughs> we pitch that now, they go, "Oh, great! That sounds exciting. What can you do? That what kind of new energy is this going to bring? You're going to get taken a lot more seriously because smartphones are just they're part of the language. They're part of what people are used to so much more now." Yeah. No. It, it, you, you're. I mean, that was me. Uh, a while, you know. 2009 telling people you know hey well you know in the future all those big movies you're looking at on the big screen in in theaters you know half of the movies that you're going to watch on in at the amc or any of these big time theaters are going to be shot with phones and they would just look at me going no Susie," (laughs) you know um yeah that's that's very true um but yeah uh I wanted to just give you a, a few minutes here um, just to give a shout out to whatever you want to do. I mean, <laughs> you know, at this point, just go ahead and, and give some extra publicity to any projects um, that you have and also uh, anything important for Film Convert. Not everybody reads the notes. Um, mm-hmm. I will include the notes and the links and things like that for our listeners. Please do go to the, the notes because we'll share some links uh, mm-hmm. to follow you guys. But for the ones that are not going to do that, maybe you'll want to mouth off the Facebook and Instagram. Um, so, yeah, we'd love people to come. And if you're uh, interested or intrigued by what Film Convert might be able to do to your to with your um, footage, uh, you can go to our website, and we've got a free, fully functional trial of the software. So, you just um, you can download it direct from our website. 
um, put it into your editor, um, and then just start playing around, see how you like it. Uh, all the phone sports all in there. It doesn't cost anything, so you, and you get the full um, look of the film stocks. Everything's included there. So we really encourage you if you want if you haven't um, played around with it before, just download it and give it a go and see how you like it. Um, also check out the film. If you have a film that you've already made that you would like to, um, the look of film convert on entered in our competition, which will be launching on September 6th. We've got thousands of dollars worth of prizes, including cameras, mic kits, editing software and plugins from a range manufacturers. And plus there's cash prizes as well. So we'd love to see lots of entries from smartphone filmmakers this year. Awesome. Definitely. And this, anybody can enter, is this an all ages, uh, contest? Absolutely. Yep. Anybody we got, um, the, my favorite entry last year was from a couple of high school guys who were on, um, uh, cruise in the Caribbean and they were, they were bored um, with their family. So they made a film and they entered in the competition. It was one of my favorite entries. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, great. So then it's all ages. So all you kids, (laughs) uh, listening, uh, or parents or teachers, uh, mm-hmm. get them involved because you have a, what were the, what were the themes again? Uh, there's narrative, short film, documentary, wedding videos, um, or kind of events, um, music video and corporate, uh, commercials. And there's a people's choice award, which is uh, voted for by the public. So if yours is the most popular um, film, then you win the grand prize. Great. And what is the website again? Uh, you can get all the details are www.filmconvert.com. Great. And then uh, you have Facebook as well. That's at yep. Film Convert. Yep. It's uh, Film Convert's the user handle for everything. Facebook, Twitter, Great. Instagram, YouTube, whole lot. Awesome. Okay. And now, John, it's been really nice talking to you finally. Uh, yeah. Almost so in person. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, we're going to be doing, um, again, we've got some new products and uh, things coming out next year. So hopefully we'll get over to San Diego and uh, get to meet a bunch of the mobile filmmakers there in person. Yes, it would be great if you could come out uh, just for our listeners and for you as well. We we do our film festival every single year. It's the very last weekend of April. And I believe this mm-hmm. year is on the 27th and the 28th of April. Right. Um, okay. We'll put it in the calendar. Yeah. And um uh, you know, your calendar's on your phone. It's right there. <laughs> so, so yeah, it'd be great to to have you in our film festival and you can meet everybody and everybody can meet you. Well, thank you again for everything. Really appreciate. And also on behalf of everyone who's been uh, being awarded uh, over the last few years um, and are soon to be awarded for this year, uh, Mobile Filmmakers, thank you very much for your sponsorship. We appreciate it. We love filmmakers of all stripes, no matter what camera they're using. And um, we just wish you all the best on your filmmaking endeavors. Great. All right. Well, good night. Say good night, listeners. Night, listeners. (laughs) 